A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, this is Simon Brew. I'm the editor of Film Stories magazine, and a very warm welcome to a special episode of the Film Stories podcast. Come with me. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. In movies, movies that had stories. That the story just sucks them in. This is just the beginning. Stories. We would be honored if you would join us. Hello and a very warm welcome to Film Stories with Simon Brew. I am Simon Brew, as always. That's absolutely all you need to know about me. In terms of this podcast, though, well, we're here to talk, as the title suggests, of the stories of film. That I tend to talk about production stories, development stories, behind-the-scenes stories. Do you know what? Occasionally I have a guest on who takes me behind the scenes of their film and talks about the making of it a little bit as well. It's almost as if I've set up that preamble for a reason. Now, the films I tend to choose for this podcast tend to have a mainstream leaning. They tend to be films I'm generally quite interested in. And that's certainly the case in the focus of this special episode of the podcast, where I'm going to focus on the film Jumanji colon the next level this is the follow-up to jumanji welcome to the jungle which i i found an absolute delight and a real surprise out of nowhere both films were directed by jake kasdan and kasdan is joining me as a special guest on this episode of the podcast and we talk about both of those movies and go a little bit behind the scenes of what it was like to go through the release of the first and then the making of the second the way it's going to work very, very simple. I'm going to play you a clip from the new film, which is in cinemas from today. Um, that is the 11th of December 2019, which is the day this podcast is released. Once that clip's done, you're going to be magically transported to my conversation with Mr. Kasdan. Without further ado, here's the clip. Welcome to Jumanji. This next adventure is even more challenging. And remember, the future of Jumanji is in your hands. I have one important question. Who is Jumanji? Is that Barbara's boy? We're gonna die. We did die. Are we in hell? I knew it. Oh, my God. This is a whole new thing. You've got to have eyes in the back of your head. What in the Sam Hill? That was a clip from Jumanji The Next Level. Jumanji colon The Next Level. Is there a colon? There is a colon. There yeah. is a colon. Yeah, Jumanji absolutely. colon The Next Level. I'm <laughs> delighted to be joined by its director and co-writer, yeah. uh, Jay Kasdan. Hello. Hey. Um, can I start, with all due respect, with the last film? Sure. Welcome to the Jungle. Because I, I, I was working for another website at the time and nobody quite saw that coming. In the nicest sense, that that was supposed to be the Christmas of Pitch Perfect 3, and that was supposed to be the Christmas of Star Wars The Last Jedi. I was talking to my local cinema manager, my local multiplex manager, and he was talking about how they were allocating the screens for the films, and Jumanji was third. No, the space was going to the... um, When did you know 
when did you know just what impact it was having and when did you know that the audience was turning very much in its favour because I mean it, I, genuinely it's great it's my kid's favourite film thank you um, you know uh, I was as surprised as anybody I guess is the answer <laughs> I mean I um, I I loved the movie and I was excited about what we were putting out there and I knew that I had seen it with audiences and that we had uh, I, I felt like it was a good time and I, I was uh, in other words it wasn't it wasn't a reflection on the movie but I just didn't anticipate that it would yeah uh, honestly I wasn't thinking about the that aspect of it that much yeah uh, there there were moments where I thought you know this could maybe connect with a big audience but I I I didn't really anticipate that at all. Because what was unusual in the UK, I'm not quite sure how it reflected in, in, in the US, is is the slow burn of it. That we're in an era, obviously, I don't have to explain this to you, but of, of big movies coming, having their opening weekend and disappearing. But yeah. I know it was The Greatest Showman that got a lot of the press around the same time as well. But Jumanji over here was playing for months. Yeah. And months. Yeah. And, and, and you, did you get a sense of that that it, it was it was sustaining that it was yeah, well that was the what was the sort of thrilling thing was it 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 just stuck around yeah. you know and um, it was a function of the release date and the fact that it was the holidays and there was uh, room for families to you know see a couple of movies and yeah. and all of that you know. But when did you know? Because because again, in the build up to that film, that you know, the, 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 believe the internet, and and that wasn't going to be a good film. Yeah, you know, the, sure. uh, I mean, you were you were living through a degree of hostility in yeah. the build up to that. <laughs> um, but when when did you know you had it? When did you know it worked? Because it was I, I, I've reported on films for about 10, 15 years. It's one of the most remarkable one eighty yeah. I've seen. In terms no, of it was all, a crazy thing. Yeah. When did we know that it was? Yeah. When in your heart did you know that it was going to work? Well, in my heart, I knew that the movie worked. Yeah. That is different from the box office. Of course, you yeah. Know? Um, I, 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 I knew early on that, we, that there was an idea that I had responded to really powerfully in the script. Yeah. That I had um, sort of run at the chance to, to make that movie. I knew that I had found the most perfect possible cast for that idea. Yes. And that only I could know that in the run-up to the movie coming out. You know, I mean, those of us working on the movie knew that yeah. on the in the run-up to the movie coming out in a way that the internet couldn't anticipate because they didn't really know what the idea was exactly. That doesn't usually stop the internet, though, does it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't, but it also... It was in, I knew as that was going on that... Um, you know, there was a little bit of a hill to climb with the audience, I think not inappropriately. You know, I, yeah, I yeah, wasn't yeah. sitting there going like, damn them, how could they... You know, I, I thought like, this is sort of reasonable. Yeah. There are plenty of internet um, sort of brouhaha's that, you could, that I would be less charitable with, but that particular <laughs> one, I thought like, I understand why people aren't particularly dying for a sequel to Jumanji. They love the first one. They don't know what we're doing yet so yeah. it doesn't seem like a good idea it makes them uncomfortable i just happened to know that what we were actually doing uh 
was pretty cool and that we had the ideal group of people assembled to do it and that when people finally saw what it was at least some people would really connect to it that that i did know and i knew um for i knew that the whole time but what i didn't know was you know that it would uh connect at that level and stick around like that and that we would have that kind of um you know you just you if you've done this for a while you just don't have any you know all the different ways that these things can well, go when they're released the insanity of yeah exactly and you, that, yeah. I, I was well positioned to know exactly how rare and extraordinary what happened was so so where are you on the big question in movies um in die hard do we need to know if john mcclain is how john mcclain became a cop you mean because you the, the uh, one of the earliest reports I read there is a relevance to the question I'm not going completely bonkers um, but there was a prequel option you could have gone here there was an origin story sure. when you when you come to the next level um, yeah. and and you've resisted it and in yeah. fact you, you've resisted it quite spectacularly <laughs> in the other direction yeah. but cliche would suggest are oh, you going to do the origin next um you know, it's hard to... I have no idea what would come next, if I'm yeah. being completely honest. It's one at a time to me. Um, yeah. But if there was a really exciting idea about that, then maybe. But I don't um, find it to be... Uh, in and of itself... Yeah, reason to make a movie. <laughs> yeah. Again, that doesn't necessarily. It's, it's, not, it's yeah. not what I connect to about this. I would yeah. put it that way. The, the, to me, the the game is a device to tell a certain kind of story about yeah. the people in the about the characters. It's yeah. a, you know I've always felt like these are at their heart a character comedy. They're extremely elaborate character yeah. comedies with a huge component of big action and adventure and I take all of those parts of it equally seriously and the in some ways the the spectacle of it and the adventure and action part of it is much more demanding because it's more complicated it's more physically complicated yeah but none of it um to me, what what the basis of all of it is what's happening with the people. I, I think the low-budget next way to go is a ZX Spectrum version. I don't know if you're yeah. familiar with the classic British computer. Do you have Commodore 64s? In oh, there? right. Yeah, ZX <laughs> yeah. Spectrums with rubber, yeah. rubber keys and, yeah. and stuff like that. That, that. That's the way I would take it. Yeah. Um, one of the things um, I think, um, you talked about getting the key component cast together. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if you can talk about the key component writers, because here... Uh, with the first film, with the set, with, with this one as well, um, I, I, I remember writing at the time about this feels really well written. This doesn't feel like people have turned mm. up on a set and worked it out on the set. This feels like the jokes work. It feels like the the interaction works. It feels yeah. like the things on page 12 are having some kind of impact on yeah. page 81 or something from my outside looking in. Yeah. Can you talk about that process? Um, because you, 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 you clearly got 
a strong screenplay in here okay. and you're a credited co-writer on this one although I'd imagine you're a heavy contributor on the one before but can you talk about the process of writing it of capturing it and making sure it's in place before you unpack the camera sure yeah I mean I am a think of myself as a writer first yeah. and that is always where I'm coming from yeah um, you know uh, the and and I I can't start making the movie without feeling like the script is really kind of working, and I rely on the script. Yeah. Uh, and I rely on it for everything that I do with the actors, and for everything that we do with the action. You know, the action elements of it get there's a sort of additional writing phase to that that's not actually in the script in yeah. terms of how you previs and lay out the sequences. You, there's a there's a narrative kind of writing component to that as well but um you know it's essential to me that the script is buckled down the the first movie um was uh, the idea came from chris mckenna yeah he is the guy who came up with this conceit as a way of um reinvigorating jumanji yeah uh he wrote a uh and he initially wrote it with his partner Eric Summers. Um, it a couple of other people worked on it as well, including um, uh, Jeff Pinkner and Scott Rosenberg, who wrote the draft that I read, uh, that had picked up where you, you know and and elaborated on what Chris and Eric had done. Um, when I came on to that movie, I did do some writing on that movie. Yeah. And um, I think that... Uh, and then after I did that, I then actually started went back and worked with Jeff and Scott again. Yeah. So it was an unusual thing where I took their draft, I sort of did a pass myself, and then I brought them back because I liked so much of what they had done and felt like we could work well together. Yeah. So they... I had worked closely with Jeff and Scott on the last movie as well as some other people who I had worked with in other places yeah. who would come and help in various ways and pitch ideas or, um, you know, jokes. Then this time, as we were getting back into it, the sort of natural, the way that the last one ended, although I had ended up working with a lot of different people on it, including... Um, uh, Lee Eisenberg and Jane Stupnitsky wrote Bad Teacher, which is a movie yeah. that I wrote, uh, that I directed, boy, rather, yeah. they wrote. Yeah. Um, and they just did Good Boys, yeah. and those are uh, guys I work with a lot. Um, they've contributed here a little bit, jokes. Um, yeah. But the, the natural sort of way to get into this was that I would sort of lead the writing of this of yeah. this movie, and, I, and Jeff and Scott, uh, you know, laid out this story with me and we wrote it together the thing that um, really impresses me about the two films is that you've captured something so small in the middle of something so big and I wonder if you can just get to that because one of the things I took from this there, there was um, an animated film that Paramount put out over here a couple of years ago called Capture the Flag um, which isn't a particularly grand film uh -huh. but it captures a relationship between a grandchild for instance and a grandparent in a way that I rarely see done. I know up sort of 
did it a little bit, but to see that direct relationship explored on screen. And so you latch on to these really tiny little things that make far more substantive difference and how do you how do you find them how do you know what you know what, what is your process for finding the small things and then retaining that sense of small in the middle of yeah. something big that's my answer I question mean, I think to me that is the that is right at the essence of what I love yeah. about these and and that um, it just speaks very directly to my imagination and I think kind of my childhood um, you know the things that would get me excited as a kid watching movies it's it's all about exactly the dichotomy that you're talking about yeah you know um, and and to me what makes these the strength of these has to do with taking things that are very real and human and small yeah and exploring them in the context of this massive landscape and um, kind of epic adventure context. You yeah. know, that's what, where a lot of what's funny about it uh, generates, and that's where the kind of emotional core of the movies thrive. Yeah. Um, both movies, I think. Um, you know, there was a funny moment when we were just starting to shoot we did the real world part of it before we did the uh, adventure part of it this time. Yeah. And I was shooting with Alex Wolf and Danny DeVito in this um, the set for the bedroom, which is a, on a soundstage. Yeah. And it happened just because of the way our spaces were allocated that the, this bedroom set, which is about the size of not quite the size of this hotel room. Yeah. Um, it's a nice hotel was room. Also, it's I mean, an excellent yeah, hotel yeah. room. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the bedroom set was sitting in this massive soundstage on one side, and on the other side was the set for the oasis, the, the village that they come to in the middle of the desert, yeah. which we built entirely practically. So it was, and it was like a whole town, right? Yeah. On an interior soundstage that we could shoot nighttime during the day uh, with a bar, the, you know, the mystical tree that they go yeah, to yeah. see, the place where he gets in the fight, the stable for the camp. This is by far the biggest set I have ever been involved in and maybe <laughs> will ever be involved in. This huge absolutely immaculately designed like you know desert way station on a soundstage that and then on the other side side is this little bedroom and you could look out the bedroom window and see the oasis over there and i just thought like this is kind of the perfect metaphor for what i love about these movies which is it starts as small as it can it starts with somebody in their bedroom and it ends up there and then comes back to this. I mean, without be, without going spoilery either, it ends as small as it yeah, can as well. Yeah, that's right. Uh, both of them do. Both of them do. Them. Um, I should alert you, if you'd have made this film 20 years ago, it would have been banned in Britain. Yeah. Um, there was a, do you remember the film A Very Brady Sequel? Hugely underrated comedy <laughs> yeah, sequel. I, I, I it was banned do. in Britain for a while for use of nunchucks. 
Um, you couldn't use you nunchucks. You couldn't use nunchucks. The British Board of Film Classification would have banned this for use Why? of nunchucks. On um, earth. It came, in, it came in off the back of... Te- this, this is a segue, sorry. It came in off the back of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I think, that the, really? the BBFC over here thought that people would emulate nunchucks. So you're a sign of evolving times as well. I thought I should I should let you know that. Progress, yeah. I think so. I think so. You've made I, I mean you you've made such a range of films and, and television shows and, and I run a magazine and I'm getting a pitch every month about Walk Hard and about Zero Effect from someone to really? those Yeah, yeah, That's especially cool. Walk Hard. And and you've been through various different box office levels, you've been very yeah. different kind of release. Um do you get the sense that your your work is sustaining? Do you feel that love for those for those earlier films still? Because I, I, particularly Zero Effect over here, I mean, it just came and went. Yeah, I, think I had to import the DVD yeah, barely, just to see yeah. it. But I mean, there's a legacy there. Twenty years on, I'm just that's curious great. what that feels like. Uh, I mean, it's it's if that's the case, that's fantastic. And you know, you um, it's what you when you have a movie that. Uh, barely comes out like that and I've had a couple of them you know your dream is that someday some people will discover somebody will they'll they'll find it someday you know and um, I hope that's true with Zero Effect I I love that movie it was my first movie yeah yeah you know really uh, I I loved it as much as you could and then with Walk Hard um it's had this unusual kind of great life that I would not have anticipated on when it came out, but it's been a cool thing, and it, it does seem to... That one I have sort of felt in the last uh, few years in particular. It's just uh, people have found it a little bit, and I yeah. think maybe it, it's the... Uh, perfect movie for people to discover later in their living room with their friends Which, or People whatever, are putting you know? screenings back on in cinemas. Are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, that movie was like, you know, that, that was one of the great experiences I've ever had. And it was, um, you know, partly because making it was so much fun. John is so yeah. brilliant and all of that. And then... There was this additional dimension to it, which is that that we worked on the music for like six months before we started, and all of those songs are are mostly written by like very close friends of mine, yeah. um, people who are already very close friends of mine, because that's a I'm friends with a lot of songwriters and um, married to one and all of that, and so that was like a this real kind of family affair, you know. Um, one very quick last thing then I just read an interview I'm not asking the sequel question um, but I just read an interview with James Mangold and he, he was talking about how off the bat when Logan became such a success he got this sliver of opportunity to pursue another project um, and he chose Le Mans that he could and, and so there's sequel options there for him as well I'm just curious after you direct a near billion dollar movie are those opp- appreciating you've got your TV work as well but um, are those movie opportunities afforded to you as well? Is there a small passion project that adores... Like, I, I, I'm clearly you won't tell me what it is, but I'm just curious if that's how it works. Um, you know, for somebody who kind of keeps busy, I'm not very good at planning ahead. Yeah. So I never really know what's right around the corner, partly because I... Um, 
these are consuming. And so when I'm yes, in the I'm middle sure. of this, this is all I'm doing. And, and then I do have a sort of a TV thing that's also important to me. And so, I, you know, it's sort of take it as it comes. It's at not even being coy about it. I'm just always about six inches. I can see about six yeah. inches in front of my nose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, huge congratulations on this film. Jeff Thanks, Wilson. man. Thank you for your Great time. Great talking to Thank you about it. Take Thank care. you. And there you have it. That was Jake Kasdan talking to me a few days ago about Jumanji, colon, The Next Level, which is now playing in cinemas around the UK and probably around the world as well. But I've not been to each of them to check. So you'll have to do the bit, the heavy lifting there yourself, I'm afraid. If you enjoy these podcasts, if if you've enjoyed these, please do leave us a review, ideally a nice one, and subscribe at your podcast repository of choice. Because I'm an independent, I rely on your word of mouth to, to keep going, really and I'm hugely grateful for all the support that I've had you can find me on Twitter at Simon Brew you can find the entire Film Stories podcast and project at Film Stories Pod there's a whole bunch of video film stories at youtube.com slash film stories and we're on Facebook as well at facebook.com slash film stories online oh I I nearly forgot as well we do print magazines the latest issue of Film Stories magazine that's available to order now at www.filmstories.co.uk All done. I'm going to go off and put together the next regular episode of the Film Stories podcast that will be with you next week. That's going to be another festive one. Until then, thanks as always for listening. Thanks for your support. And I'll be back with you soon with another bunch of film stories. You take care. Bye bye. (laughs) 